Good morning, everybody. How are you today? Come on, how are you today? Okay, how are you today? Awesome. Okay, we like a little interaction here, okay? I know Michigan lost last night. I get it, but I'm still hopeful. Come on, anybody hopeful in this place here today? All right. All right, welcome to our last week of Restoring the Roar. Is your roar being a little bit restored in your life, huh? Yeah, a little joy being restored? Come on. Yeah, I can just see. Maybe we need to go back and teach that one again. Is that, is that, I mean, if you really, if you're happy to be here today, come on, turn to the person next to you, come on, elbow them, just say, I'm really happy to be here. Even if you just fake it, come on, just tell them, just fake it. Just do it for me, fake it. Okay, awesome. Thank you. Awesome. All right, so we're talking about restoring the roar. We're wrapping up our series, actually, and just so excited about what God is doing. The testimonies have been rolling in. You know, I'm a firm believer that when you hear a message and that you're part of a body of believers and you believe what's being taught from that place, I'm a firm believer that you begin to experience some of the things that you're hearing. How many of you know what I'm talking about, okay? And so we've been talking about restoration, restoration of joy, restoration of health, restoration of relationships. Last Sunday, we talked about how God, we actually took a moment, I really believe being led by the Holy Spirit, to pray for people where there was restoration with some relationships. And it was absolutely amazing. Middle of last week, I got a call from somebody that said that they hadn't heard from somebody they had been trying to restore relationship with in five years. And they said they really believe, because we prayed last Sunday in that moment of time, and that God began to move. Come on, are you guys with me in terms of restoration, huh? We We are in a season of restoration, restoration of the things that have been taken from us, things that we're rediscovering, things that we're finding. It's amazing. And today, as we're moving into the holiday season, can you believe it's already the holiday season? I know you guys, why, 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 why pickle juice? Come on, it's holiday season, man. This is, this is, don't you guys like the holidays? Come on, right? We're moving into holiday season and that means, you know, we're going to be spending some additional money, you know, and nobody likes to spend additional money. But today's topic is about restoring the roar of financial freedom in our life. Come on. How many of you could use a little restoration where that's concerned? Okay. How about, how about we ask this question? How many have ever regretted a poor financial decision that you've made, all right? Okay, how many of you are just so happy with every single financial decision that you ever made? Come on, let me just see. And if you are, you're just a big liar in this place, you know. (laughs) Every single one of us have been disappointed or every single one of us has made a mistake. And so today, God is going to show us how to restore our losses. Isn't that good? The Word of God has so much to say about restoration, and so we're going to have a great time. So I want you to join your heart with me, and we're going to pray because we need the Holy Spirit to teach today. You don't need Dino to teach. You need him to teach, right? Because when he teaches through us, we walk away with something substantial and something that we can lay hold of, okay? So let's pray. Come on, everybody together. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you and I praise you for this wonderful collection of people from every single walk of life, Lord, every single background. Lord, I just thank you. So honored that you would call them here. So honored, Lord God, that we could worship together today. And Lord, I just pray and I believe, Lord, even as I prayed last night, I don't believe anybody is here by accident. I believe, Lord, we are here by divine appointment by destiny, by purpose. I ask you today, Lord, to make this message clear. Speak through my heart. Holy Spirit, take over my mouth. Take over my thoughts. Let us leave here today with the things that you have for us. I have prepared. I have studied. But Lord, I'm asking you to take over, even in my preparation. I'll give you all the honor and glory for it. And everybody said, say this out loud. Say, I'm blessed, highly favored deeply loved. I'm ready to receive God's unchanging word. If you believe it, come on, give the Lord a great shout in this place. Come on, guys. You know, I like a little interaction. I used to coach and I like getting around people. I love that rally feel. So I'm sorry if you kind of feel that way when you come in here, but that's okay. Just drink a cup of coffee before you come in and you'll fit right in. Come on. All right. So Ecclesiastes, we're going to start there today. Again, how many of you have ever felt or a regret over a bad financial decision. Okay, let me see your hand nice and high, come on. Let me, where's all the honest folk in here, come on. All right, look around, just about everybody, just about everybody. 
And so I don't care what age you are, whether you're a teenager, whether you're a student, whether you're a seasoned business person, we've all made poor financial decisions. How many of you got roped into uh, buying something online and then you're just like, this isn't what I purchased. And then they wouldn't let you return it, right? How many of you got roped into a gym membership that you've never used? Help me out, somebody. All right. So how, we've all been roped into something. And then some of us worse than others, okay? And then only to have to figure out a way out of the situation. Or I want you to see what, what one of the wisest men that ever lived said. His name was Solomon, King Solomon. And he says this in Ecclesiastes 9, verse 12. He says, people can never predict when hard times might come. Like fish in a net or birds in a trap, people are caught by sudden tragedy. It happens to all of us. You start out and you're thinking everything is great and then the economy changes or something changes with your employer or the product you got broke or the th- and didn't have a return policy and you're stuck with this thing. It's like an albatross on your neck, all right? Every one of us have faced situations like this, which is the reason why we need to be. And a church like this can teach us how to come out of it. Come on. I believe you're here not by accident. I believe we're going to come out of this stuff because tragedy hits every single one of us. In, 2000, in mid-2000s, Jeannie and I bought an investment that we felt like was, was, was going to be a blessing to our family. We really felt like it was going to be something that we were going to enjoy and our generations were going to enjoy. And it was just one of those type of legacy type investments that we made. And it was awesome. We bought it when everything seemed great. Our finances were, were in order. Stuff was rolling in. Unexpected income was coming in. How many like unexpected income? That awesome. Come on. Stuff was rolling in and it was great. Then 2008 hit when the economy fell apart. And some of us remember that. So we were caught with a situation that didn't involve uh, our home. It didn't involve something that we needed to live in. It wasn't a necessity. But we're stuck with this thing, and we do not know how to get out of it. It is like this albatross on our neck. We're scrambling because all of a sudden the money's not coming in like it was. We're hemorrhaging financially just like anybody else. How many know everybody goes through financial difficulty? Come on. It's just a little bit different for everybody, but we all experience it from time to time. And so here we were. We're in the middle of this financial difficulty, not knowing what to do, not knowing how it's going to affect our family. We needed a turnaround. Anybody need a turnaround? Come on. We needed a turnaround. So this was where we were. And yet the scripture teaches us right here in Deuteronomy chapter 30. It says, the Lord God will restore your fortunes. There's a promise here that even though you make a bad financial decision or even though certain calamity comes uh, uh, outside of nothing of our, our, our doing because it's just an environment or a timing issue, the Bible tells us that even in situations like that, God is able to restore our losses. Come on, anybody hearing this here today? God is able to restore our losses. Okay, so... Look what else Solomon says in Ecclesiastes 9, because this is amazing. Here's how we're going to get into the gist of the things that I want to share with you. I want to get practical with you. I want to give you some of our practical considerations of of some of the things that I think the Scripture teaches us to help us get through seasons like this. Because how many know we serve an awesome God that would like to see our situations turned around, okay? In fact, I take it a step further. He wants your situation turned around more than we want our situations turned around, okay? It may not feel like it when you're in it because you're praying to those, whoa, God, when God pray. Anybody pray a when God prayer? right? Anybody pray one of those prayers? God, you get me out of this thing and then I'll do this. Don't pray those kind of prayers. Okay, please don't. Don't. Don't pray those kind of prayers. Okay. Because you never know. (laughs) You never know. All right. Okay. So, so look at this. Uh, Look what Solomon says here in Ecclesiastes 9. He says, I have observed something else under the sun. He said, the fastest runner doesn't always win the race. Interesting. And the strongest warrior doesn't always win the battle. Very interesting. The wise sometimes go hungry, and the skillful are not necessarily wealthy. Listen, the skillful are not necessarily wealthy. And those who are educated don't always lead successful lives. No. Just keep your eye on that scripture. Listen, there's nothing wrong with education. 
There's nothing wrong with being fast. There's nothing wrong with any of those things. Those things are all good. Are you with me? I'm for education. I'm for, you know, being strong. I'm for being skillful. I'm for all of that stuff. But watch this, okay? But look what he goes on to say here. It says, it is all decided by chance, by being in the right place at the right time. So here's the inference here. When, you're in a, when you need a turnaround or when you need a boost or when you need to move forward in something, it's not necessarily stuck in the education or how strong you are or how skillful you are. It really has more to do about being in the right place at the right time. And I want you to know today that we serve a God who knows beyond a shadow of a doubt how to put us in the right place at the right time to get ahead. Come on, somebody. That's what this is about. It's not so much about being skillful. Not so much about being educated. I'm all for those things. But when we put our attention on that, when we worship being skillful, when we worship being educated, when we worship about being fast or strong, that's what we're going to get. My hope here today is to get us to see if we worship the God who loves us, the God who's the God of the turnaround, that is our fast forward out of our situation. Anybody hearing me today? Come on. All right. So I want you to get a hold of us. The good news here. Is, is that you don't have to be skillful to come out of a situation. You don't have to have the right education to come out of a situation. You don't have to be the strongest to come out of a situation. All we really need is the Lord to help us to be in the right place at the right time. And you know what I believe with all my heart? You are at the right place at the right time right now. Come on, tell the person next to you. Come on, you're in the right place. Come on, tell them, tell them, tell them, tell them. Tell them. Come on, point to them, tell them you're in the right place at the right time. All right, so let me give you some considerations first before we actually get into a couple of how-tos, all right? First of all, if you really believe that this is more about being in the right place at the right time, then you have to understand a couple of things here and realize that God is way bigger than all of our mistakes. I'll say it a step further. God is way bigger than all of our cumulative mistakes put together. He's the God who knows the end from the beginning. He's the God that knows you got into that financial situation. He's the God that knows you were in that health situation. He's the God that knows there is that relational issue. But because he's the God who knows the end from the beginning, he also knows how to fix those things. Come on. So we've got to get over the fact that, 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 that we are in this forever because we serve a God who is bigger than all of our mistakes put together. Let me, let me just challenge you with this. If God only worked in our lives because we were perfect, we will all be in trouble. All of us. Study the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, and you'll see for yourself how God used imperfect people. Oh, there's so many, there's so many examples that are coming to me right now, and I can't share them with you because I need to stay on time over here. But I'm going to tell you something. i got to tell you something. I cannot wait to get into some of these heroes in the Bible. We'll do a series called Heroes. And you're going to see how God used ordinary people and he did extraordinary things with them. And that's, that's probably one of the boasts of our ministry or, or the boasts of my, we are just ordinary people that chose to serve an extraordinary God and asking God to do some extraordinary things through to accomplish the will of God. Come on. That's what we really believe here at Revolution Church. All right. All right. So realize this, that God is not limited to our mistakes. Here's a second consideration I want to leave with you. Don't let the enemy weaponize your failure against you. He's a specialist at taking our failure, turning it into a missile, driving a wedge into our heart, getting us to feel like, well, you're in this situation because of this, and, and you're in this situation because you're not smart enough, you're not strong enough, you're not educated enough, you're in this situation, you'll never get ahead because of all of these different kinds of things. And besides, when you do have an opportunity, when something, when unexpected income seems to come to you, you'll always seem to find a way to blow it, so you just don't have the expertise. And yeah, nah, 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 nah. have you ever heard that? Nah, 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 nah. Come on. All right, and so this is what the enemy does. He weaponizes our failure. He weaponizes our inadequacies. He weaponizes those things against us. And it's especially worse when you've made a decision and you stepped into something thinking that it was the right thing and it ended up being the wrong thing and it hurts other people, especially family members, kids, loved ones, 
extended families. Nothing is worse than making a financial decision and talking everybody else into it and everybody else comes out a loser in a situation like that. That is the worst. I gotta tell you, I mean, that just can play on your mind. Even, even as, as, as somebody, as a father, somebody that, that wants to set up a good future for my children, I can't tell you that the, that albatross that was on our neck. Oh my goodness, this is going to affect our kids' college fund. Oh, this is going to affect the, the different dreams that are in our heart. We're so weighed down by this thing. How are we going to see our way clear? And you could hear this voice over and over. I'm telling you, we have to come to the place where we have to stop allowing the enemy to weaponize failure or our mistakes against us, all right? Then here's the next consideration we have to do, and that's this: we have to stop looking at ourselves to fix stuff. That's the reason why that scripture said, don't look to just your education. Don't look to just being strong. Don't look to just being all of those different kind of things. I'm gonna offer you another consideration. Look to Jesus. He's the one who knows how to put us in the right place at the right time. I promise you, this is such a key, being in the right place at the right time. See, the enemy wants us to look at ourselves in anything, not just in financial situations, but in your health or maybe restoration relationships. The enemy wants you to look at yourself because if you can look at yourself, then you'll become more self-conscious. See, that's the whole goal. Because the more self-conscious you are, the less God-conscious you're going to be. And the, and the less self-conscious you're going to be, the more God-conscious you're going to be, the more you're going to end up in the right place at the right time. Are you guys with me? And so that's the reason why it's so important to stop looking to yourself to fix things and to begin looking to Jesus. And then this is, this is the next consideration I want to leave you with, and that's this. Realize. Now you got to let this sink in. Let this sink in. Because what I'm about to say when you're in the middle of a turnaround, when you're in the middle of this albatross that's on your neck, when you're in the middle of listening to those accusations that are sailing you, okay, it's hard for you to understand what I'm about to say. But I'm going to show you through the scripture, whether you realize it or not, and I hope you get this in your heart. You are blessed already. Okay? You are blessed already. Not because I said so, but because the word of God says so. You're blessed already. So when you're in the middle of the situation, I know it's hard to believe that you're already blessed. I get it. I want to tell you a fascinating story in the Old Testament that is so amazing. It's hard to believe that it's actually in there, okay? But, but it's, a, it's, a, it's amazing. And so there was this story where the Israelites had come out of Egypt, and there's two million of them, just under two million of them. Think about trying to move two million people through a wilderness area without Facebook, without cell phones, without loudspeakers, just two million people, okay? And everybody, you know, I've tried to move 20 people through an airport one time. That's disastrous. Come on. <laughs> Imagine two million people, okay? And so two million people walking through this desert. God is with them. Now, in, in, in the most amazing, fascinating way. God protected them. Awesome. And so by day, this cloud covered them and you could see it. It's a desert sky, no cloud in the sky, but there's a supernatural cloud that's covering all 2 million of them to protect them from the elements and to keep them cool. Yes, to keep them cool. It's the first air conditioning system that you see in the Bible, okay? Okay, and it's environmentally free. Hello, awesome. Okay, so then at night... At night, a pillar of fire, I can't even explain it, but a pillar of fire protected them and warmed them at night. So you could see this cloud and you could see this pillar of fire from miles away. Now, if you're a neighboring king, if you're a neighboring kingdom and you're seeing this pillar of fire, you're seeing this cloud, how many know that's pretty outstanding stuff, all right? And so this king, this certain king, his name is Balak, okay? He saw this. He saw this cloud. He saw this pillar of fire. And he's just like, holy mackerel. Something out of this world is protecting the Israelites. And can I just tell you something out of this world is protecting you, protecting you too? Can I just tell you that? So something out of this world is protecting the Israelites. So you know what he does? He says, look, it's going to take something out of this world to fight this thing. So this king, this evil King Balak, he hires this evil sorcerer. It's in the Bible. I'm telling you, the Bible's cool. It's got so many cool things in it. It's amazing. He hires this, this sorcerer called Balaam. 
And Balaam is known throughout the area of being in touch with the dark world and putting curses on people and turning kingdoms around. It's all kinds of witchcraft. So this king's like, hey, Balak says, there's this out-of-this-world protection that's over these people, so I'm going to need some out-of-this-world power to come against this. Are you all following me? So he hires this sorcerer, and he says, here's what I want you to do, because this sorcerer has a reputation that when he cursed somebody, that person would be cursed. So he pays him, this king pays this man a lot of money to go up to this mountain three times and try to curse the Israelites. And here is the most awesome thing about how many know we serve an awesome and mighty and humongous big God. Come on. This evil man tries to curse Israel. And listen, nothing but blessing came out of his mouth. It's funny. It's a funny story. He goes to try to curse and nothing but blessing comes out. Then the king gets mad at him and says, I paid you to curse. He says, I can't curse. Look what it says over here uh, in uh, Numbers. What does it say? Numbers uh, 12. What does it say? Um, Numbers 12. I lost my place. Where is it now? Uh, Okay, Numbers 23. Numbers 23, 19. Notice what it says. It says, God is not a man that he should lie nor son of man, that he should not repent. Has he not said, and will he not do? This is the evil sorcerer saying this. God's not a man, that he should lie, nor son of man, he should repent. Has he said, and, he, and will he not do? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? This evil man is saying, this is who God is. When God says something, he's gonna do it. I got news for you. When God says he's gonna bless you, he's gonna bless you. Come on, somebody. All right, so behold, watch this, verse 20. I have received a command to bless. He, God, has blessed, and I can't reverse it. So I'm trying to tell you today, you're blessed already, and it can't be reversed. You are blessed, and it can't be reversed. The enemy wants you to think you're blessed and stressed and never coming out of this, but Pastor Dino Revolution Church The word of God is trying to say to you that you are blessed and it cannot be reversed. That's what this says. And listen, listen. If this was the case, if this was the case for them and they weren't even children of God, how much more so today when you call yourself a Christian and you become a child of God, God's very spirit comes to live on the inside of you. How much more today does this actually really apply? When you become a Christian, when the spirit of Jesus comes to live on the inside, that's why being born again, becoming a Christian is so amazing. It's not just your get out of jail free card. It's just not, oh, I have my eternal security in heaven secure. It has, it, it's so much more. It has everything to do with the blessed life that you can live right now. Help me out, somebody. There's a blessed life right now that God has called us. I want you to see something else here, and this is going to be eye-opening for us. I want you to, let's go a little bit further. So now this prophet, this evil prophet, he can't curse him. He can only bless him. (laughs) This is just so amazing. You got to remember this the next time you get into a fight with an in-law, come on, or your neighbor, they can't curse you. You're blessed. Come on, you guys getting this? You're blessed without even realizing it. And so maybe you do realize it, but I'm telling you, you're blessed. I want you to see this. All right, so verse 22 says this, or verse 21 says this. This is still the evil prophet speaking. He's standing over the mountain, and he's looking down. He's saying, I'm trying to curse them, but I can't. I can only bless them. Here's an interesting thought. The two million of them, they're down there just living their life. They're just doing their thing not even realizing that an evil king hired an evil sorcerer to curse them. They're just enjoying life, walking in the blessing of God, and God's got it all taken care of. Come on. You may be in the same situation where it may look like there's all this stress, but I'm telling you, God has it all taken care of, okay? So here's what happens. This king, this, 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 this sorcerer, he tries to curse, and he can't. He blesses. Then he has this other realization. It's found here in verse 21. It says, He has not observed iniquity in Jacob. He's looking down. He's saying, God, he doesn't see sin in Israel. 
He, he doesn't seek wickedness in Israel. No, the Lord is with him. Let this sink in. He's looking down and he knows that God does not see sin in Israel. Time out. There's two million people there. Anytime you get people in an area, you're going to have somebody that's going to sin. Help me out. Come on. You're going to have somebody that's going to get a disagreement. Somebody that's going to get mad about something. Somebody that's going to talk about this person. Somebody that's going to gossip. Somebody that's going to cheat. Somebody that's going to lie. Somebody is going to do something when you get two million people together. Are you following me? Yet God didn't see that in them. <laughs> he saw them as his beloved children. Come on. He saw them. And he, where's all the parents in the house here? He saw them much like the way we see our kids. Oh, our kids can do nothing wrong. Right? Right? I, I, I told these guys earlier, somebody brought something to me about my kids just recently. And I was just like, there's no way. There's no way. Yeah, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. There's a, and he was d doing it with fear and trepidation. I was just like, no. And I'm getting ready to get angry with him because he's pointing something out at my kid. That's my kid. Now, it wasn't until I saw it in black and white and in video, I'm like, oh, I am in trouble. Okay. We're all like this way. We believe in our kid. How much more do you think God does that with you? <laughs> and listen, here's the deal. You got to know this because this is part of one of our concepts here at Revolution Church that we had to get a hold of, okay? God didn't see sin in them. God didn't see their failure. God didn't see their mistake. God didn't see the, the arguments. God didn't see how they weren't getting along. God didn't see all the strife. God didn't see any of that stuff. Here's what he saw. When it came to his Israelite children, he saw the agreement that he made with Abraham thousands of years earlier. And here's what, he said, here's what God said to Abraham. God said to Abraham, he said, whoever blesses you, I'm going to bless. And whoever, and I'm going to protect you. And so from all of these Israelites came from this one man, Abraham, that God made a covenant with, a contract with. And God said, I'm going to bless you. So when God said, I don't see sin, it wasn't that he didn't see them not getting along or their behavior wasn't just perfect. What God saw was the agreement that he made with Abraham because this is how God does things. Well, how does that apply to us here today? Because the same thing is true. Hebrews chapter 10 tells us that your sin and my sin and lawless deeds, God doesn't remember anymore. Not because my behavior is perfect or because your behavior is perfect, but because Jesus was perfect. And the contract that God made with Jesus on the cross, God looks at you and I and says, the sin problem was settled at the cross in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why we lift up Jesus in this place because God doesn't see your failure. God doesn't see your behavior issues. God doesn't see your sin. He sees the blood of Jesus that covers you. Come on. Why is that so important? Why is that so important? Because when you get a hold of this, you start living your life like this. Oh my gosh, I'm falling more in love with Jesus and I'm going to fall out of love with sin. I'm going to fall more in love with Jesus and out of love with these destructive behaviors. I'm going to fall more in love with Jesus than I am with anything in my life that's not good for me. And you, and you get free and you get free. I heard an amazing story yesterday about somebody who got delivered of drinking. He was an alcoholic and, and, and this, is a, this is an amazing tool right here. And I'm about to share with you. This one's not in my notes and it's absolutely free. I really believe the Holy Spirit wants us to get this. So this guy tried everything under the sun to try to get free from alcohol. Just everything. And, and listen, drinking isn't going to hurt, isn't going to send anybody to hell, okay? But when you drink to the place where it destroys your liver, you drink to the place where it destroys your job, your family, how many know that's destructive, right? Okay, so you have to understand that. This reason why the Bible says that we, we should drink in moderation, okay? And so, so... Uh, but here's this guy did everything on his own, looking to himself to try to get free from alcohol. But here's what he did. He heard somebody say this, and this is a little nugget. He said, every time you take a drink, say these words, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And every time you take a drink, say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It sounds so simple, but what are you doing? You're seeing yourself the way God sees you, not the way you see yourself. You see yourself as a drunk. You see yourself as an alcoholic. God sees you as his child. God sees you as, as more than a conqueror. God sees you as his very own. Are you with me? So he's taking his drink. Oh, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He said after two weeks of doing that, he got so free of alcohol, hasn't had a drink ever since. Come on, somebody. Because he started seeing himself the way God sees him. And when we start seeing ourselves 
the way God sees us, then we're blessed. We're blessed. The problem is we're trying to see ourselves the way we see ourselves. And when you look at yourself in the mirror, we think, how can that person be blessed? Stop looking at yourself and the way you see yourself and begin looking to Jesus and begin seeing the way he sees you and you begin walking out, out of whatever situation that you're in and you'll find yourself in the right place at the right time. Come on, are you with me? All right, so how does God do this? I want you to see this. How do you, how, practical, some practical considerations right here. Romans eight twenty eight says this, and we're almost finished, and I hope that you take this and you get a hold of this and just run with this, okay? And Romans 8, 28 says, and we know that God causes everything. Somebody shout everything. everything. Come on, say it like you mean it, everything. everything. God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. This is what God does. He takes those situations that we feel like are pulling us down, that albatross that was on our neck, that thing that was taking my family down, that thing that was causing my personal finances to hemorrhage. God takes a situation like this and he turns it around for his good if you trust him, if you look to him to do it, and if you believe that he will put you in the right place at the right time. I believe you're in the right place at the right time to hear this. I really do. So that's exactly what happened to us. My wife, that always happens to her for some reason. Thank God for her. She happened to be at the right place at the right time where somebody offered to purchase this thing. It wasn't listed. It wasn't anything like, like you would think you'd try to sell something. This person just happened to be in the right place where she was and offered to buy this thing. So I'm like, yay, awesome. Okay, wouldn't you say awesome? Okay, that movie, everything is awesome, right? So, and here's, she said, I, I want to pay you double what you paid for it. I'm like, oh, double, awesome. Come on, somebody. All right, so we paid this, and she's offering double. Now, I'm excited, man. I'm just like, oh, the albatross is coming off. God is restoring our fortune. Come on, somebody. I'm all happy about it. Wouldn't you be happy? She wasn't, my wife wasn't happy. I'm like, well, why are you not happy about this? We said we're going to get rid of this thing. Are you having second thoughts? No. We have to sell it for more than double. I'm like, oh, my God, help. More than double, yeah. Now, I'm that, I'm, I'm, I'm that guy that, that believes that, that one bird in the hand is worth more than two in the bush. Anybody, right? right? So this is what's being given to us right now. Better take the money before they change their mind. Hello? No, no, no. The Lord's saying it's more than that. I'm like, how come he's not talking to me? Why is he only talking to you? I'm going to write the checks, not you. So she's like, no, I'm just telling Dean, we got to just trust God because the Lord, he's restoring something. God was up to something when we got into it. The calamity happened. He was already on the scene, whether I realize or not, working on something. I'm already getting double what I paid. Are you guys with me? Now I know it was hard going through that season. I know it was difficult. And the thoughts that were sailing against me, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this is what God does. So, more than double, huh? Yeah. Well, what do you think? What, what, what are you thinking this thing should go for? You're not going to believe it. I know. I don't believe it right now. Come on. I believe we're supposed to sell four times what we paid for it. Four times? Are you kidding me? So we got into a spirited discussion about this. Wouldn't you? I'm, I got to pay the bills. And now you want to play chicken with this person? Come on. Right? I mean, I'm in the fight, not you. It's different when you're in it, right? Anybody can stand on the sideline, right? And she wasn't doing that, but, you know, but. So, okay, I went for a walk. I had to make some peace with myself, man. Okay, well, when she countered with that offer, the purchaser went dark. They went on tilt. It's just as I thought was going to happen, see? Okay, 
And now we went through like a seven-day period like, oh, my God, were we being greedy? Oh, my God. God, you're the God of the turnaround. Lord, I repent. I repent. And you're just going through all those prayers. Six days later, seven days later, get a call, and they accepted that price of four times what we paid for it. Come on. Yes. Come on. Come on. Come on. I share this with you. I share it with you because it's our heart here at Revolution Church to show you the scripture and to show you in real time that this is what God does. And he doesn't, he's not doing it just for us because we're pastors or ministers. He does it because he does it for people. Any people in this place here today? Okay, he does this for anybody. That's why he puts this stuff on the word. So he turned our stuff around. And it's so interesting. I was thinking about this. In the middle of all of the struggle, God, who knows the end from the beginning, he knew that this thing was going to be worth four times what we paid for it. He knew it when we purchased it in the beginning. Oh, are you guys getting this? Whatever situation you might find yourself in that needs to be turned around, God knows exactly what you're doing. He's the God that's bigger than our mistakes. He's the God that's bigger than the choices, even the bad choices we think we make. He, he, if we surrender our choice and we surrender that mistake, I'm telling you, he's the God that knows how to turn things around. Not because we're good, but because he knows how to get us in the right place at the right time. Come on. Do you feel like you're in the right place at the right time this morning? Because if you do, I believe you are in the middle of a turnaround. You're in the middle of some restoration. All right, so believing that God would do this. Now, now I want to just leave one last scripture with you because here's what I believe um, we can do to maintain being in the right place at the right time all the time. What if I told you that that was possible? Would that, would that excite you? Okay. Thank you, three or four of you. I appreciate that very much. Okay, it's awesome. Okay. If you could be in the right place at the right time, every time, would that excite you? Yes. Okay. You're going to have to come back next week because I'm going to show you how to do that. Okay. So, okay. All right. Just kidding. You guys have caught on because you didn't laugh. Man, I'm really humbled by that. Praise the Lord. All right. Okay. I want you to go over to Psalm 23, and we're going to close with this scripture. Psalm 23. And I want you to see something. All right. Psalm 23 is an amazing psalm. And it starts out, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Have you heard that scripture? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. One translation says, I shall not lack a thing. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. And he leads me beside the still waters. Awesome. It's the end of this psalm I want you to see. Okay, because he goes on to all of these amazing promises. And here at the end, notice what it says here. He says in verse 6, surely, somebody shout surely. Come on. Come on, say it like you made it. Surely, come on. This word surely is a, is a term of endearment. Like, yeah, that's the truth. Have you ever had that happen to you where just suddenly the truth hits you? And you're just like, oh, yeah. That's the truth. That's what this word surely means. Yeah, surely, surely. Watch this. Goodness and mercy, an unfailing love shall follow me. How many days? All. <laughs> How many want to be in the right place at the right time? Come on, every time. What's that scripture say? Surely, goodness and mercy and unfailing love will follow me all the days of my life. Friends, friends, keep that scripture up there because we're gonna, we're gonna, I want you to see this. We're gonna keep coming back to it for a second here. I'm always asked by people that I do work with, how have you gotten where you've gotten in life? Whether it's business, Minister, or even starting this church, it's a miracle how this church got started. It's a miracle how this church got started in the middle of all the chaos that came into our life in the middle of just June, okay? 
I'm telling you, I believe what I'm preaching. We serve a God who turns things around, you guys. I'm telling you, okay? So I'm always asked this question, how did you get here? And I look at them because they want to hear me say, oh, I had the best education ever. I had the best mentors ever. I just, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a whiz with money. They call me the money man. Come on, I'll take that confession. Come on. But God's blessing on our life happened because in every transaction that we've ever been through or any situation that we've ever encountered, it was because we were in the right place at the right time. I know People want to hear, well, it's because you're really good with money and you've got the right education and you came from the right family. People want to hear that. But I'm telling you, and there's nothing wrong with any of that, but I am trying to tell you that's not necessary. What is necessary is believing that surely goodness and mercy and his unfailing love can follow us all the days of our life. That's more important. And I try to tell people that all the time at closing tables or at some business office. No, the Lord put us in the right place at the right time. And as soon as I say that, they just go, oh, well, that, I'm glad that really works for you. No, it really works for me, okay. People would rather understand it's something else. It's their effort and their hard work that got them there. Nothing wrong with effort, nothing wrong with hard work, but I'm gonna tell you something. Your case will be multiplied when you understand surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of all. You know what mercy means? Mercy means this. It means not getting the things that you deserve. We deserve, we deserve the wrath of God. We deserve to be separated from God. We deserve the judgment of God. But because of what Jesus did 2,000 years ago, we don't get those things because of the mercy of God. Come on. The mercy of God covers us, covers our mistake, covers our sin. And the beautiful part of this, it says right here, and I will dwell forever all of my days in the house of the Lord and in the presence of God. As a pastor, I want you to hear this part because he connects surely goodness and mercy and unfailing love, following him all days of his life with the house of God, the temple. Back then was where they worshiped God. And he just knew that if he stayed connected to God, if he stayed connected to worship, if he stayed connected to his body, he knew goodness, mercy, and unfailing love would follow him all the days of our life. Here's the challenge I'm putting out here to you today, okay? When you trust God with a church, when you trust God with a place like this, where you're hearing stuff, like you're blessed already, like God doesn't see your sin, like he, he sees Jesus on your life. When, you, when you're around all of this, something begins to happen on the inside. That's where the real miracle is, okay? And that's the reason why I believe, like David wrote, surely goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our life. It's connected to being connected to the house of God. I really believe that the more connected we are to this, the more we're going to begin to see the goodness and the mercy and the unfailing love and being in the right place at the right time, all the time. Are you with me? You got to be around a church that believes this. You got to be around people that believe this and people that believe in you and, pe and people that won't judge you and people that will say, I don't care what you've been through. I don't care what you're currently in right now. We love you because you know what? You're coming out of this and goodness and mercy and unfailing love are going to follow you every day of your life too. Any believers in here about that? Come on. My last challenge to you is this. When you're in the middle of this albatross, believing to be put in the right place at the right time. The last thing we do is we want to trust God with our finances again. And I hope you hear my heart here to begin trusting God with your finances again. Take the step to trust God once again with your money. Take the step against fear, insecurity, that failure mentality, and begin saying, Lord, I believe this. I believe you're not only the God of my soul, the God of my family, but I need you to be the God of my money again. Oh, you want to see multiplication. I'm telling you. I'm challenging you guys here today. Listen, I'm not asking you to give to Revolution Church. That's not what this is about. I'm asking you to give to God.
And there's just something about when you start giving to God, when you start sowing a seed to God, the multiplication begins to happen. I don't know. I can't even begin to explain how it works, but it just works. My daughter, before we started this church, I'm going to end with this testimony, okay? Before we started this church, she, she got a, a, a bunch of money for graduation, good chunk of money. And we sat her down and we just said, what are you going to do with this? Well, she's coming with all these ideas, what she wants to do with all this money. And we're just like, uh, why don't you consider sowing some of that to the kingdom of God and trusting God with your money? And she's just like that. You know, you're right. And wrote a really nice check to Revolution Church, okay? And so didn't think anything about it. Just, just sowed that seed, trusting God, okay? Now, I don't understand how this works, okay? Because we don't have a YouTube channel, but we're starting a YouTube channel, okay? But so my daughter has this YouTube channel, and, and I don't mean to say this in an offensive way, but she was doing these girl videos, okay? And, and I used to call them dumb girl videos, but they're not so dumb anymore, okay? But she was doing these girl videos where just blogging about her life. Ah, oh, you know, went to the hairdresser today. Oh, I drove to school today. I'm, I'm just like, people watch that stuff? Yeah, Dad, it's pretty cool. How many followers you have? Five? Okay. Keep it up. I believe in you, okay? So, Dad, check out this video. You know, and 30 seconds into it, I am on to something else, okay? Are you with me? So, Steve, she sows this seed. She makes a girl video, okay? She's got like 10 followers, I promise you. And something happens. This video catches a, they call it a trend, I guess. And, and this thing went viral, okay? I mean, she went from like 10 views to, I think she's over 400,000 views on this dumb girl video, okay? And now she's got like 20,000 subscribers to her channel. Isn't that awesome? Okay, listen, you don't know anything. I can see I'm talking to a bunch of people that don't know anything. That's not awesome. I tell you what's more awesome. Because when, listen, when you start getting that many views, Google says, hmm, can we throw some ads on your video? <laughs> Here's what happened. Google was getting ready to write my, my daughter a check for more than double what her giving was to this church. She wrote a check. <laughs> Dumb girl video went viral. Being in the right place at the right time. Come on, somebody. Are you getting this? Are you putting this all together? This is not some slick ploy to get you to give to the church. It has nothing to do with it. I'm trying to get you to trust God again. Trust God with your finances. Trust God that whatever situation you're in, he is able to put us in the right place at the right time. Any believers in here today? And the simplest place that you can start practically is stop beating yourself up. Forgive yourself. Can I add this? God's not holding that mistake against you. Why are you holding it against yourself? He's not reminding you. You're reminding you. Or you're letting the enemy remind you. But God is saying, I walk on streets that are paved with gold, and I'm trying to figure out a way to get all of this to you. Let me get you in the right place at the right time and live a lifestyle of being in the right place at the right time all the time. Could it just be as simple as being connected to a church like this that believes that you're blessed, highly favored, and deeply loved? Come on. Could it be just that simple? Do you guys believe that here today? Say that with me like you mean it now. Close your eyes and say, say, I'm blessed, highly favored, and deeply loved. God's turning your situation around. Every head bowed and every eye closed in this place. I, ask the, I always ask the Holy Spirit to speak through me, and I hope he did today. If you're here today, maybe you have never heard these things before of what it really means to become a Christian, what it really means to be somebody that comes into the family of God. Maybe you're like me, where you heard it kind of like religiously, follow Christ and recognize that when you leave this earth, you'll go to heaven. 
And there's truth to that. There's definitely truth to that. But they left out the other parts that I didn't know. That when you follow Christ, he treats you as if you've never sinned. He treats you as if you've never made a mistake in your life. He treats you as his very own. When you come into the family, you come into the family with all the benefits. You come into the family with all of the love and all of the acceptance that a family offers. And maybe you haven't experienced that in your natural family, but I'm here today to tell you that your spiritual family, the family of God and God himself accepts you, loves you, loves you so much that he sent the very best that he had, his son Jesus, to die on the cross. That's why we worship Jesus in this place. Jesus died for us. Government didn't die for us. Pastor Dino didn't die for us. Billy Graham didn't die for us. Jesus died for us. And we're here to lift him up. And when you invite him into your life, something happens. I can't explain it. Goodness, mercy, unfailing love begins to follow you all the days of your life. I'm not saying that your life is going to be absolutely perfect and hunky-dory every single day of your life. But I will say this. I'll say a new hope, a new zest for living, a new spring for life will rise up on the inside of you when you know that Jesus Christ has come to live on the inside of you. And you're here today and you say, Pastor Dino, I don't know Jesus like that. I want to give you that opportunity today. I want to give you that opportunity to come into relationship with God who loves you, wants to love you like a son or daughter, wants you to jump up on his lap. Tell him the good things and the bad things. Jump up on his lap and tell him your dreams. Tell him your visions. That's the kind of God that we serve. That's the Jesus that's here that's extending himself to you today. If you're here today, you say, Pastor, I have never met that Jesus. I want to pray with you. If you say, Pastor, you know, I'm away from Jesus. I feel like coming here today was not an accident. But I'm in the right place at the right time. And I want that. I want to live my life where I'm at the right place at the right time every time. That's what I want. I want that desperately. I'm tired of living on my own. I'm trying to try to fix things on my own. I need to surrender. I need to come back to God. If you're here today for any of those two reasons, you've never received Christ for the first time, or you're away from God, please, this is an amazing moment right here without anybody looking around. This is a personal and private moment. I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking right now. I don't want to embarrass you. Neither does God. But I want to come into agreement with you. So if you're here today for any one of those two reasons and without anyone looking around, slip up your hand nice and high so I can come in agreement with you. You're receiving Christ for the first time or you're recommitting your life. Put that hand up nice and high so I can see it. Nice and high. All right, awesome. Awesome. All right. Look up. Look up at me. We serve the God of a turnaround. Do you guys believe that here today? Do you believe that you're in the right place at the right time today? Say it out loud. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that I'm in the right place at the right time. I'm in the middle of my turnaround right now in Jesus' name. Come on, if you believe that, give the Lord a shout in this place, somebody. Come on, come on, come on, come on. I believe this. With all of my heart. Okay, do me a great big favor, okay? So here in a second, we're, gonna get, we're just going to get ready to worship God with our giving. We always do it at this time of the service because we still believe that when we give or participate in giving into a ministry like this, it is a form of worship. That's what the Bible says. I didn't say that. That's what the Word of God says. And the Bible clearly tells us that when we worship God with our giving, somehow as we give into a ministry like this, Jesus sees that act 
And he takes your giving and he does something with it. He multiplies it. He blesses it back. That's just what the scripture teaches. Here at Revolution Church, we believe that when you do worship God with your giving and you're giving it to a ministry like this, what you're doing is you're making an investment in the kingdom of God. You're making an investment in people's lives, enabling us to do more outreaches. You're, you're making an investment in the people of God, enabling our children's ministry to grow and to buy a curriculum and to, and to bring people on staff to be able to take care of the needs of the kids. Are you guys with me? As, as our ministry continues to grow, to be able to hire people and to be able to do the different kind of things that we know to do as a church. That's what happens when we worship God with our giving. We take all of that. God takes all of that. We put it to work in the kingdom of God and the Lord somehow multiplies it back to us. Maybe you'll have a video that'll go viral. Come on, somebody. Or maybe you'll be in the right place at the right time with a business situation. Maybe there's a maybe you, your path will cross uh, uh, with somebody that's offering an opportunity that you've been sitting on for a while. Maybe, maybe you'll have additional customers start wandering into your store. Maybe it'll be a situation where, where you're in the middle of a lawsuit and you can't seem to figure out when this thing's gonna end and all of a sudden they're calling for summary disposition and the thing is over. I have heard this happen over and over again. It has nothing to do with how good we are and has everything to do with how good he is and being at the right place at the right time. Help me out, somebody. Come on. Do you believe that here today? So as we give, I want you to give that way. And I want you to, to, to release your faith and realize as you're doing this, you're, you're making an investment to the kingdom of God. Number three ways to be able to do it, you can text to give, and a lot of you guys are doing that. You can give online or you can write a check. You came in with the worship guide today in an envelope and you can write a check in a minute. Our, our, our ushers are gonna receive our offering and you can, as that, uh, that bucket passes, you can put it in there and we're gonna pray and we're gonna believe God for some big things. Also wanna let you know this, as you're, as you're writing out or filling out your worship guide or whatever, your connection card, don't forget, if you're here for the first time or you're new here and you haven't received your free gift, Take that, your connection card out to the new here tent. We have a free gift for you. It's this really, really cool shirt. It's awesome. You're gonna love it. I wear it at least once a week. It's really, really cool. And not because I'm trying to advertise Revolution Church. I just, I just like the way it makes me look skinny. It looks really good. So, and you're gonna like it too, okay? All right. So um, if you're here today also, and you have a prayer request, here's what you do with your prayer request, okay? Do me a great big favor. Put your prayer request in the offering bucket as it passes, okay? We want to pray over those things. We want to agree. We want to believe God to do some awesome things in your life because we're a praying church, okay? And also, please help us to understand our marketing, making sure that our marketing is, is, uh, uh, is, is effective, especially with WMUZ. WMUZ has been asking us to, to do a kind of an inventory of people who have come here because they heard about us on the radio, okay? That's an amazing tool that the Lord has enabled us to be able to use. But do us a great big favor today. If you can, just jot on a note on that connection card how you heard about Revolution Church, okay? Even if you don't fill out the information, just maybe someplace on there, just tell us you heard about it online or maybe you invited, were invited by a friend or maybe it was through the radio, okay? Please do us a, a great big favor because we're trying to make sure that we're spending our marketing dollars the right way. And if you could put that in the offering bucket, we would be so grateful. Are you guys ready to worship God with the giving today? All right, so let me do this, you know, because we're, this is kind of our fifth service together. Isn't this amazing? Our, our fifth time, it's just crazy. And I want to teach you guys this. And if you would let me teach you guys this, because somebody taught me to do this, and that's this. That when it comes to this part of the service, when we have the opportunity to give or to worship God with our giving, this is one of the most exciting times of the service. I'll tell you why. Because we know that we're partnering with God. We're coming into agreement with God when we do this. And when we come into agreement with God on anything, there's always going to be a result. And in this case, a positive one. So when we start talking about, hey guys, it's time to worship God with our giving, that should be a time you should get really excited, okay? So let's practice, even if you could just fake it today, okay? So, hey, it's time to worship God with our giving. Okay, I got about 30% of you. I'm going to do it one more time and just get you to think about it. Okay, for next time. Hey, it's time to worship God with our giving. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, awesome. Now, I will challenge you on this. Go back and study the scriptures, how much God talks about money in the Bible. And I'll challenge you that the Lord talks about money more than any other subject in the Bible. 
more than faith, more than healing, even more than Jesus, okay? Because there's something about money that controls us or that can control us. And I hope, I hope that you allow God to take control of your finances and help take you to a place you've only dreamed of. Come on, that's what I really believe today, okay? So let's pray as we get ready to take our offering here today. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you and we praise you for this day and this opportunity, Lord God, to learn the word of God, to be in the right place at the right time, to know how deeply loved we are, to know, Lord God, that our sin and lawless deeds, you, you really don't remember. That we do live in that time when Jesus really paid for our sin. We really do live in that time where surely goodness and mercy and your unfailing love can follow us all the days of our life. Father, I thank you for revealing this truth to me. I thank you, Father God, for your goodness and your mercy. I thank you for blessing the people's faithful giving. We worship you with our giving here this morning, Lord. And we thank you, Heavenly Father, that your word declares that as we would give, that it would be given back to us, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Lord, that's what your word says. You receive it as a fragrant offering in heaven where you bless it. And so, Father, I thank you for blessing the people's giving today. God, bless them. Lord, help them to see breakthrough, debt cancellation, Lord God, promotion. Let them experience things, Lord God, that only you can provide and helping us to be in the right place at the right time, every time. If you believe that today, say amen. Come on.